please, no! All right, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Happy to see you all or hear, I guess, hear you all. I don't know. You don't talk to us. Um, all right. Welcome to Quarter Life Crisis Episode 2. I'm your host this week. I am Hunty, the worst person to ask where to eat because I'm indecisive as anything. Uh, today, I am joined once again by the wonderful, only bigger mama's boy than myself. That would be the lovely Derek Scott or D-Rec. Derek, how are you today? Dude, if you're not a mama's boy, then you're just the worst kind of human. So, <laughs> no, I'm doing all right, man. It was a pretty good day ready to uh, talk to you about some stuff that pisses us off. I know, just more stuff we like. I don't know. We'll see, we'll see where the night takes us. I don't know. Um, all right, so why don't we just go ahead and get started, just like we did last time. Um, Derek, I, I know you spent about, you know, what felt like an eternity looking for your bottle opener, so uh, what beer are you drinking today? All right, it was more like 15 seconds, but um, I've got myself a Bell's Oktoberfest, um, even though it is basically almost all the way through November. Uh, this has been burning a hole in my fridge and decided to get it out, and, you know, I haven't opened it yet, so it's time for some beautiful uh, ASMR with the bottle opener. Hang on. Ooh, okay. Ooh, that was nice. Ooh, that was satisfying. All right. Oh, yeah, it, it, it tastes um, like fall, and I love it. All right. Yeah, so as for myself, today I decided to branch out, and I, I kind of splurged a little bit, kind of went with the commercial capitalist culture, and I got myself some Bud Light Platinum because it's brewed for the night. Um, it is a whopping 6% instead of like 4.2. And yes, there's a difference. <laughs> Dude, Bud Light Platinum is actually pretty. My dad drinks Bud Light Platinum. I mean, he hasn't it, touched a light beer in like five years. It kind of slaps. I, I like pregame with it the other day and it like, it, it did the trick, man. Yeah. All right. So we got a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, hopefully we don't last as long as last time because people were not happy. <laughs> um, they also just weren't happy that we talked about football for so long. All right, well, they can get over it. Um, our fans are our fans, and we love them. Uh, okay, so, Derek, first item of business. Um, this is a topic that you're very passionate about. Uh, yes. I know that there have been lots of articles about it in the news, trending on Twitter. It's something I love to talk about with my parents, at least call them that. I want to talk about the OK Boomer meme. So, for those of you that do not know what it is, you probably live under a rock. But um, basically what it is, it's like you're referring to basically the baby boomers anytime they do something that makes them appear crotchety, old, non-millennial slash Gen Z. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of backlash about it. So, Derek, I just want to know your thoughts about it. I just want I just want to know. What do you think of this meme and the reactions to it? Well, I mean, the first thing that I find funny is the fact that I feel like OK Boomer was started by Gen Z, like high school students right now. And boomers the immediate reaction was blaming millennials which of course that's always their reaction on everything um but the weird part is i was talking to my dad about this the other day because my dad um they my parents just hit the cutoff for boomers i think that i think baby boomer actually like officially ended in what it's like 1965 um, 64 yeah so both of them just barely made the cutoff so they are both boomers but like they don't exhibit the the stereotype of what boomers actually are so i've talked to them a lot about it and my dad graciously pointed out that I am not a millennial um, because technically I'm not. Technically, we are Gen Z, you and I. But I feel like I feel like if you're born between like 96 and like 2000, maybe even 1999, you're in this weird like middle land that uh, that, that doesn't really have a definition. Um, but the OK Boomer meme, dude, it is it's just such a such a, a telling telling thing about the generational gap. Because I cannot tell you how many articles that I've seen, I know you've seen them, of millennials are killing this industry, or millennials are so friggin' entitled, or millennials should have put down the participation trophy and put picked up a book or whatever. And 
suddenly one person says, okay, boomer. And now they're boomers are comparing it to the N word. Like that's the mm, most, that's true. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. How boomer it's saying, okay, boomer can be considered an ageist slur as a lot of boomers are saying when it's literally just me, a response to being told like, something ridiculous that you don't want to warrant with an argument or that you're tired of arguing. So you can just like stop talking. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, 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 I've been called my, uh, I met an older mid gentleman, um, that called me a libtard for suggesting that a transgendered person should not be referred to as it. Ooh. Um, and I guarantee you that's the kind of guy that when his grandson says, okay, boomer to him tells his like mother that he needs like correctional school. Because it, it, it's yeah. absurd, man. There's so many boomers that are like, yeah, millennials are so friggin' sensitive. And then OK Boomer came about, which is literally calling them what their generation is. Like, that'd be like saying to it'd be like saying to my older sister, OK, millennial. Like, it's just yeah. that's just what they are. That's not a slur. It's, just, it's also know? like it's also like where like where they came from. And the funny part is, like, when they when boomers talk about how, like, millennials and even Gen Z to some extent are like super entitled and like don't like have to don't work for anything and just like don't care. What's really with the irony of that is that the boomers, you know, besides being the greatest generation, um, they actually like lived in a very prosperous time for the United States and actually like had a like compared to their parents before them had like amazing lives and didn't really have to wish for anything. Now, Kevin, there's always exceptions to that. And yes, you know, the the 50s, 60s and in the 70s, even though the 70s aren't part of the boomers. um, So I guess the late 40s into the mid 60s, um, you know, those children that were born in that period, they, they lived through some pretty like, you know, aggressive stuff with a lot of war and a lot of like you know, social protest and social activism um, that we don't see as much of or doesn't affect us as much. But, you know, compared to the generation before them, they didn't really have to work that hard either for anything. Right. Like, it, a lot of stuff was just given them. So it's, you know, it's a generational thing. But I think it's just funny how they're acting like, you know, yeah, to your point, like, they're like, this is a slur. And I'm like, you you literally called yourself the boomers for like 40 years. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, yeah. 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 It's I, ridiculous. I, just, I, I have a problem with boomers in general. And I want to, I want to, qualify this by saying like obviously it's not every single person born between 1940 and 1964 or whatever the generational gap is like obviously this is an archetype just like not every millennial is uh is entitled and and lazy or whatever um so many boomers just don't understand when they are going off of um when they are going off of yeah why don't you just get a job or i paid off all of my college um, my, my dad was telling me this one time that his first job paid, um, $3 and 50 cents an hour and how I should have been happy with the $8 an hour that I got when with my first job. And I put it into a calculator and eight, $3 in 1975 money is equivalent to, uh, nine, like 75 in 2017 money. So it's like the, the spending power of a dollar has plummeted plummeted mm-hmm. over the past 20 years and i know there was like this uh this tumblr post that went viral a couple of years ago that was that's uh did the math and in order to pay for one year of tuition at yale in 1970 you had to work 19 hours a week at uh minimum wage and in order to uh no no no, what, no it was um three hours a day five days a week so 15 hours a week and in order to pay for it at minimum wage in 2017, it was 19 hours a day for five days. Mm-hmm. It's 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 they just don't understand that they grew up in 
quite possibly the most prosperous time in recent American history because baby boomers are called baby boomers because everybody came back from the war. They were all excited. They won. So everybody started having sex and having kids like and that's because there was a literal boom of babies. The economy was on the rise. It was just such a fortunate time to be alive, be in the workforce. In the housing market, I, I listened to another podcast uh, called Did you, Did You Read It? They also did a uh, they also did an episode on the the OK Boomer trend, and they were talking about how one of their parents was saying like, "Oh yeah, I, I was flipping houses by the time I was your age. I was thirty three and was flipping houses." And his daughter goes, "Yeah, that was right before the housing market crash." <laughs> like, yeah, they well, just come on, re- man. They just refused to acknowledge that. They lived in a very easy time, and I'm not saying we live in a difficult time. Like, in the sense of we have like all the technology that we have, and um, I feel like opportunities are. Um, there are new jobs that were never a thing back when, like mm. podcasts. Like, I mean, were popular, but they weren't a thing like ten years ago that a lot of people could do, and now people make their living off of them. So it's it's just an ever changing time, and boomers, I think, are just scared to admit that like. We don't know. We're uncomfortable with the change, and so everything that we're not comfortable with must be bad. And mm. it, it's it's so infuriating. I, I'm just I'm sick of seeing so many uh, articles that our millennials are killing the the fast food industry when it's really um fast food is expensive and kind of disgusting, and millennials are done eating it. So like, True. it's not one generation killing markets. It's markets that are refusing to change for the new generation, and boomers just don't understand it just don't understand it so i will say okay boomer until the day that i die because i'm just so sick of seeing online just like oh god these all these kids entitled you shouldn't you think you're gonna be on top of the world Eh, whatever okay boomer yeah (laughs) well as as you all can hear um derek is very passionate about this i guess movement you could call it um hunter told me right before we started he goes i have this topic that i really (laughs) want to get you like riled up about so and it works so here we are (laughs) Derek talked himself into a frenzy all right so let's do talk about something that you also like yourself um so i want to talk about you know a couple maybe like just i guess one um let's go with some embarrassing stories but i want to know Derek, on this fine tuesday i guess it's nighttime now um I want to know what is the the big purchase you've ever regretted and why? Biggest purchase I ever regretted and why? Oh man, you go first. Anything about it? Oh god, I didn't think about this. Um, <laughs> You're asking know, the question. But, I know. Um, oh ooh. man. Uh, all right, so I have one. Um, so, as most people know, Derek and I are very fond of tailgating before watching the Maryland Terrapins lose at football. It's a national pastime at this point um, because, you know, we beat Cuse and then we're supposed to win the national title and then lost every game since then. Except Rutgers, because um, screw them. Um, but one of the problems with tailgating is that you always need a folding table, and I do not have one of those. Neither does Derek. Apparently, neither do any of our five million friends. Um, Dude, the only thing is, I have one. I just don't have really anywhere in my house to store it. So it's it's in my it's at my parents' house. Okay, so it's the first time hearing of this. So Derek is fake. Just want oh, everyone to know I had one. I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, so we don't have a folding table, so it always makes tailgating hard. So last tailgate, I go okay. We usually we like scrounging up, we figure it out. But last tailgate, I go all right. I'm gonna buy one. Just have it. I'm gonna do it. I'm going to have one for the, for the rest of my life. It's going to be great, or at least until it breaks. So I go to Target, and I buy one. Meanwhile, when I buy this thing, 
it's like I'm expecting it to be like you know like twenty five thirty dollars. Now this thing was fifty dollars, and I was like, this thing is a white piece of plastic with some screws <laughs> in it. Like, why is it fifty bucks? And I was like, okay. So I go and I buy it, and then I make my buddy Matt carry it all the way out the entire time because I thought it was funny, um, and he got annoyed. But oh well. Um, that's what you get when you're a sophomore. Exactly. So uh, then we proceed to tailgate, and then all of us just get like drunk, like just big drunk, like just good, like yeah. Just good. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how else to describe that. But then we end up like going to like um, get food afterwards, and – I don't really remember what happens, so Derek's probably gonna have to fill in some gaps here. But yeah, I can I tell you exactly what happened. I can no, I can tell you exactly what happened right here. Yeah. Um, we were cleaning up everything. We were taking all the trash off of it, taking all the drinks, and putting it in my car. And I look at the table, and it's disgusting. It's covered in food. It's covered in beer. It's just so gross. And I'm saying like, okay, can somebody like find a towel? Somebody find like paper towels or something because I don't want to put this in my car like this disgusting. And I want to wipe it off. And we looked for a little bit and couldn't find it. And so Hunter, in all of his infinite genius, just goes, just put it next to the car. And I was like, are, are you sure? Like, I, I don't want to I don't want to get sold. He's like, no, nah, nobody will take it. <laughs> so I was like, all right. <laughs> and instead of cleaning it off, I folded it up and just placed it next to my car. Continue. I think in hindsight, we should have put it under the car. It made sense. But anyway, um. So then the next day, I, like, wake up, and I'm going to, like, clean stuff and get my other stuff out of Derek's car that I left in there. And I and I go, where's the table? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. You told me to leave it outside. Now, meanwhile, his car is not where we left it because, obviously, since this time, it has been a, a, a long while, and he has since moved it. And so I go back into the parking lot. That thing is nowhere to be found. So then I say to my friend, I said, hey, where did we leave the table? And they go, oh, you told our other friend to put it in the back of their car. So I gave two different pieces of information. Oh, no. And then – uh, it, supposedly it was in, they said to put it in the back of your car and then it wasn't there. And I go, cool, great. Love that for me. So I'm pretty sure if someone just has a nasty table, uh, well, they probably cleaned it by now, but they probably have a nasty table. Um, and I lost $50 just because I was too lazy to ask somebody for a, another table. So super embarrassing. That big purchase is on me forever. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I'm trash. I, uh, I, I think I have an idea. It's not it's not a big purchase. It was just a large sum of money. Um, so I was in, I think I was a junior in high school. And he just got my driver's license. And um, a buddy of mine, he has a, his parents own a, a beach house in Ocean City. And because we were teenagers growing up in Salisbury, we went to Ocean City to do our delinquency. And he thought it would be a really good idea. Like, hey man, like, let's get a bunch of our friends. Let's throw a party at the house. And I'm like, dude, that would be awesome. Like, uh, I think it would be really fun. Uh, we just got to make sure like nobody's going to be there. He goes, no, 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 it's fine. Like nobody's going to be there. Uh, my parents are all like out of town this week. My parents are out of town this weekend. Like we can't do it at my house house, but uh, we can do it at the ocean city house. I'm like, okay, cool. So we invite, I think like, I think it's like 20 people. It's not a crazy amount, but it's huge for like a high school party and, uh, or not a high school party, high school hangout, whatever. Um, and I decide, Hey man, I'm right. I was like, this is our organization. You're fronting the house. Like you're taking all the risks. Let me buy the communal alcohol. Um, so I put down how much, so we made a huge thing of jungle juice. Uh, what, what, uh, what my buddy so graciously decided to call it white North. Never heard of the drink before, but it was, um, raspberry vodka, um, tequila, um, what a fruit punch sprite and lemonade 
which mm-hmm. was, it was pretty good. I think I spent about $70 on the alcohol to make all this stuff just because we were having this, a lot of people, I wanted everybody to have a good time. And because I didn't drink that much, I didn't know how much it would take to get me drunk. Um, so we oh, get no. down, we get down there. It's about, um, it's about like 15 minutes. I don't know. Uh, and everyone's just like, I like, so we hear a huge knock on the door and everyone just freezes and everybody runs into the everybody runs into like the back rooms and we like throw a throw a blanket over like the 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 uh, cooler where we have the jungle juice. When we open the door, right? We open the door like really slowly. It's just me and my buddy there because we were the only ones that were supposed to be staying there. And that time it was just our friend, so we were chilling. It's whatever. Uh, he he was just playing a prank on us. It scared the crap out of us. Whatever. About forty five minutes later, we hear another bang on the door. Um, everybody we invited had been there. So we're just like, it's a neighbor, whatever. We're going to ignore them because that's the smart thing to do when you're in high school. Um, then there was another bang and with the bang, it said police. And so everyone froze. The music stopped. And of course, everybody except for me and my buddy ran into a bedroom. (laughs) So we opened the door and cop comes in, shining his flashlight in our faces and tells us to put our hands up. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Um, <laughs> the cops then like they just tell us to sit. They realized we weren't dangerous and we were just two scared children. And they're just like sit, sit on the couch. Um, so <laughs> they go throughout the house and get all the uh, get all the roommates out, get all the roommates, all the people in the rooms out, and bring them into the communal room. I'm standing there with my friend because you know he was the one who owns the lived in the house and we were uh, in it together at this point. And apparently the police received a call uh, that the house had been broken into. Oh. I was like, what in the world happened? We come to find out later that uh, <laughs> his parents had told their friends that they could stay at the house that weekend and did not tell my friends. So he had no idea. So oh, we no. show up at the house. These people show up and there are people in the house. So they're, of course, freaking out. So they call the oh, police. God. Oh, God. Um, so the police come and they're on the phone with my friend's parents and they're like explaining the situation. There's like, there was no breaking in. It's your son and a, and a bunch of his friends. Um, they're here like throwing a little party. What should we do? We had to dump every drop of alcohol. Oh no. And I was like, I spent so much money on this. Um, but it was, it was, it was a time, man. It was, I, I I lied to my parents about going, and they were pissed at me. I got grounded for a few weeks, and it was just oh man, it was the worst. It, I, it was the stupidest thing I did as a teenager, and uh, you know what? I'm glad I did it because I have some stupid stories now. There you go. But yeah, that was so, probably the most amount of money that I've ever regretted spending. Love that for you. So speaking of being drunk, oh yeah. Sometimes when you're drunk, you need some drunk food, right? One of the most classic drunk food. You know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. One of the most classic drunk foods of all time is pizza. Now, today, when I was just perusing what's trending on Twitter, because I like to know what the kids are up to, um, I saw this hashtag that was really weird. And I was like, okay, it's November 19th. Why not? The hashtag for all you listening out there was hashtag why I'm thankful for pizza. Um, I don't know what this means, but I'm pretty sure I'm thankful for pizza because it's cheesy and delicious and it makes me happy inside. Um, Derek, why are you thankful for pizza today? You're also cheesy and delicious. Um, Stop it. (laughs) uh, You know what? I am thankful for pizza. I'm thankful for pizza specifically today because um, we had a, we had a lunch meeting where pizza was provided. So that was pretty cool. Um, It was, I don't remember the, I think the name of the place was like Philly's best. 
Um, oh. But they there was meat lovers and pepperoni. It was it was, it was good oh. pizza. Um, and uh, my buddy Nate, who is uh, gluten free, got his own gluten free pizza because you know we uh, we acknowledge um, dietary restrictions. Uh, but I'm thankful for pizza because of its versatility. You know, um, you, you see you've, you've seen Barstool's uh, pizza rankings, pizza reviews. Yeah. Like there's just so many different types of pizza. Even in College Park, when I was a freshman, and when even when you were a freshman, there was like seven different pizza places to go to. Now it's like three. Places. But um, you know, sometimes I think the best thing about pizza is the fact that it's it's never awful. You know, when you get a bad piece of pizza, you're like, eh, it was it was it was pizza. When you get a really good piece of pizza, that piece of pizza changes your life. Oh, so good. Pizza like sets the bar. Yeah, I'm thankful for pizza because it's always there for me. I'm also thankful for pizza because. You know, it seems like every like pizza company, whether it's like national or like a local chain, has some kind of deal with like local like sports teams. Anytime they win or do something, you always there's always discounts on pizza. Like that, you oh, never yeah. pay, if you pay full price for pizza, like you are a trash human, and you just yeah. or you just really wanted it and just didn't care, and you just caught it on the one random day they didn't have uh, discounts. But I, I don't know, like I consistently like crave pizza. Like that's the one thing that like I will never say no to. Even if oh, I'm yeah. already full and you put pizza in front of me, I will somehow find the will to eat like five slices of it. Oh, I yeah. don't understand how, you know, those people who like go to like Blazer Lotsa and only eat like three slices of it. I'm like, how? That it's a personal pizza. Eat the whole damn thing. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! I actually this there's a really funny story about pizza. Uh, my, my my buddy's back home. Um, <laughs> this is the same friend actually. I'm just gonna call him out. His name's Dan. Um, <laughs> uh, Dan he was host. He's got like a nice backyard, like, kind of in the woods, and he hosted kind of like a, a end of summer bonfire the summer after our senior year of high school with like mm-hmm. the close friends that we've grown up since with since like fifth grade. And um, so we're there and we're ordering pizza, and um, there's one. One of our friends who isn't there, his name is Hamza. Um, we were like, "Oh, we don't know what pizza he wants. Um, uh, let's uh, let's call him up." And we couldn't get a hold of him. And we're just like, "Come on, man! Like, we need to answer. We need to find out what pizza." We texted him, calling him. We didn't get him. So we're just like, "All right, whatever. Let's just get one pepperoni and one sausage. He'll eat whatever." Um, <laughs> so Hamza rolls up to the uh, pizza party, mm. and he after the pizza has been delivered, and he opens up both of the pizza boxes and stares at them with a real sad look on his eye. Um, he looks at us and goes, why, why didn't you get a cheese pizza? Um, Hamza is um, from Pakistan. Oh, no. He's a Muslim. Um, uh, apparently, they don't eat pork. They do not. So we had sausage and pepperoni. For the you just only you just sounded pizza. you just sounded so Eastern Shore. It hurts, my guy. Did I really? Oh man. Yeah. It, it was. It was. I felt. I have never. We all like to, like Hamza is really an easy target to make fun of. I have never felt more terrible than I did in that moment for oh, not uh, thinking of him when we ordered our pizza. I think I like tried to order a cheese pizza for him, but he's just like, no, it's okay. <laughs> I felt, I felt like, but, oh, um, no. You know, pizza sometimes breaks hearts, but it, it you know it brings people together for the most part. It always you know it breaks my heart when I look at my waistline, but it <laughs> makes me happy when I look. It makes my heart happy when I look at my brain. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You get the picture. What's, um, what's, uh, what's the best fast food pizza? Ooh, okay. So are we talking like wait? What do you what do you mean by fast food pizza? Okay, I'm gonna talking? go with the with the big four like chains. 
Um, okay, so like Domino's, Domino's Papa Pizza John's. Hut, Papa John's, and Little Caesars. Ooh, okay. So I have two answers to this question. Okay. My first answer is when it comes to the cost of it, if that's what you're like, if that is a deciding factor, then Little Caesars every time because it's literally $5 for an entire pizza and you can, you'll be all right. Um, and it's like not as good as the other three, but for five bucks, it's not going to get that much better for like 10. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I think overall, though, I am a firm Domino's hater. I hate Domino's. <laughs> I think it's garbage. Their crust is disgusting. Leave the flavor to the cheese like and everything on that. You don't need it on the gosh darn crust. Uh, you don't need it. You don't need it. Um, but I think between – so then boil it down to Papa John's versus Pizza Hut – even though Papa, even though Papa himself has had issues in the media, I think uh, I gotta go with Papa John's just because I don't know, man. They always they're over they inflate their prices, but again, they're always on sale for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's just like when you find that sale, it's like it's a, it's nice and like doughy. Um, it's nice and just like plain on the crust. It's nice and like the the cheese is always there's nothing really ever really wrong with the cheese, at least in my experience. And like they're not like stingy with toppings and like also their slices are just like big, bigger and subconsciously that has an effect on me and i know it does so i, I gotta go with my man's papa john's yeah um i think we're we're all like-minded in the papa john sense um i can defend my point in just two words um garlic butter um it's yeah. unmatched uh i do think if i'm going for a price though i cannot stand little caesars um i i can't man it just tastes like it tastes like ketchup and craft cheese on cardboard it it tastes so bad that's all you need for five dollars that's what five dollars gets you in a grocery store if if i'm going if i'm going uh if i'm going for a cheap pizza i'm going to domino's i I know it's gonna upset you i'm going to domino's and it is but i actually I, I'm kind of hijacking, but I, I really want to know your answer to this question. Um, it, it regards the pizza, and after this, we can move on to the next thing, uh, not do any more pizza talk. So say that you have to eat a whole extra large pizza by yourself. You yeah. have to do it $500. Would yeah. you get it cut in six pieces or 12 pieces? Oh, my God. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've already heard this. I hate you so much. I would get it cut. The first time you get asked. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> I would get it cut however I choose because it's the same amount of pizza regardless, Derek. Oh, Just because well you're man. good at math does yeah, not mean... You're terrible at math. He's terrible at math. Never. All right. Um, okay. Speaking of your low expectations of my math skills, um, <laughs> I want to talk about your expectations of something else. So today, um, this is kind of getting into nerd culture a little bit, Derek's favorite thing. Um Today, the most recent, or I guess the only so far, Rise of Skywalker poster was released. Um, And they released more images from the film. Um, And seeing as film seven and eight were kind of vaguely recreations of A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, I want to know your expectations for the film and if you think they're just going to create something else that's kind of close to Return of the Jedi or if it's going to be like just something completely new and kind of, because this is the last film in that saga, like, in that timeline as we see it. Like, yeah, they have like off projects like Rogue One and Solo, which fit into the canon of the timeline. But like in terms of the nine like Lucas films that were originally supposed to be a thing, this is like the last one. So like, what, what do you think? What, what are your expectations of this movie? Well, um, starting this off by saying I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I have not seen any of the prequels. 
Um, but have I? Maybe I don't remember. If I saw them, I don't remember it. Um, Disney Plus. Have, yeah, there we go. I've seen episodes four through eight, um, and I didn't see any of them until college. I think maybe senior year of high school. Um, and from what I think about episodes seven and eight, especially episode eight. Everybody, every Star Wars fan seems to hate Episode Eight. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I think I think there is a consensus that Seven and Eight were kind of retellings of Four, Four and Five. But um, I think I feel like there's just like an idea that Eight is just like such garbage. Personally, as somebody who knew Star Wars lore but didn't really dive deep into it, I thought it was a great movie. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, you're making a face that's heavily disagreeing with me, but you know, I just, I, I had fun while I was watching it. I liked the plot line. Um, Poe is honestly my favorite character in the entire series. I love Poe very much. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think the dichotomy between, um, Luke and Ray was really interesting. Like Ray, mm-hmm. Luke basically sees him, his young self in Ray and that pisses him off because like, he's like, Oh, I failed. Or whatever failed at being the best Jedi, whatever. I don't even know. But um, I, when I'm looking at Episode Nine, I'm thinking that from what I've seen, that Star Wars fans are excited about it, and I can't tell whether it's because it's the ninth movie or because they genuinely think it's going to be really good. Um, I'm of the opinion that it, if it takes Ray and gives her. A, a, a fleshed out storyline that finishes it um, and and does some redeeming stuff with Kylo Ren. I think it will be an amazing film. I think it will probably be the best of the, of the revamped trilogy, the Disney trilogy. I don't know what they're calling it, but um, I don't know. I, I just looked at, I feel like a common complaint is that they're leaning on the originals too much. Um, mm-hmm. For like source material, which I think is just a stupid argument because it's a continuation of the saga. Mm-hmm. And granted, they could, they kind of were retellings, but it was retellings in a modern in a modern Star Wars world, if that makes any sense, with different, more interesting characters with different personalities. Um, Luke Skywalker, for instance, was a well, he was a gung ho adventurer. He really wanted to get off his his tiny rock of an island or of, an, of a planet. Um, and go see the world because he doesn't want to end up like his uncle. Um, Ray was terrified that his parent, that her parents were like, were either awful people or some people part of a great prophecy. And she was very, kind of reluctant to be the hero. She is, mm-hmm. she takes on the role of what she was thrusted in to do. And um, I think, I think there's character archetypes are different enough to propel an interesting story. Um, also, I mean, I will say the one thing that I really hate about the new movies is Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I think he's a fine actor. I just don't mm-hmm. think he's that good at what he does. I mean, he's not he's not that good at portraying uh, he's not that good at portraying like a really a really evil character and that's kind of or honestly like an evil character that's struggling with being evil, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think if they can if they can take that and I feel I feel like I'm not the only one that thinks that way. So I feel like if they can take these characters, give them a rounded out story that's not the exact same way that uh, Luke and Han and Leia ended, then it'll I think it'll be a great movie. I'm probably not going to see it like day one, but I, I'm definitely going to see it eventually. I think I think part of my issue with with the Disney trilogy um, so far is that you know, and this is me not having watched these films in a while. I should probably 
I think I forget which ones they have episode seven at least on Disney Plus, which that my friends is a callback. Um, but uh, I think um, one of my issues with it is that like they just have these characters that like just appear and they have no explanation as to where they come from, and not just like random characters that come in and out of the films, but people like Poe and like Ray and all these people like they they don't explain where they come from, and like yeah okay it's like obviously years after Return of the Jedi, and, like um, but like. <laughs> I guess my, my question is, like, who are these people? Like, why are they here? Like, what's why are they important? What's their story? And if episode nine doesn't tell me that and just kind of finishes it without explaining it, it's like, it's like the, um, it's like what Game of Thrones did with the, um, Ooh. with the what's his face? Um, uh, what the hell? Oh, God. You're on? No, the, the, um, why can't I think of his name? It's so obvious. <laughs> who are you? Um, the one that Arya yeeted at, um, the Battle of Winterfell. The Night King. I wanted to call him the Ice Knight. That's not brother. <laughs> I cannot think. Uh, so the Night King, like they just, he's just there, and they just never explain it, and then suddenly they just kill him, and I'm like, okay, well, was he never important? Like, why is he a thing? I have so many questions that won't get answered, um, and that like irritates me. So if if you like conclude, you know, the the original the original trilogy was like at the time revealed some of the greatest films ever made just because of what it did um, mm-hmm. for cinema. And then, you know, say what you want about the prequels cause they're kind of trash. Um, but there are some, they have some redeeming qualities except Phantom Menace. That movie's not important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, seven, eight, like seven was basically a shot for shot remake. They literally had their own version of the death star. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, and then five was kind of, again, the same thing as the fifth one. I'm like, what are you going to do? You're just going to recreate the, and yeah, I lean on the source material, but not like take the same elements. So with that film, if they don't really like wrap up like who these people are, why they're important, um, then, then I'll be annoyed with it. Um, another reason I think that a lot of people are excited for it is that in the initial trailer, at the end, you had um, the Emperor, like, laughing in the background. Right, right. And that's got a lot of people interested because in Episode Six he supposedly died. So, like, what does that mean? Are we referencing? Are we, like, hinting at something? Is he still alive? Are we doing flashbacks? Like, what's going to happen there? Because, you know, some Jedi can, like, have, like, Force holograms, or, like, Force ghosts, I think you call them. Um, but what does that mean for a Sith? Yeah, yeah. What do they mean? Um, what does that mean for, like, a Sith Lord who's in some cases more powerful than Jedi because they just lean into their emotions. Um, can he come back like that? I don't know. So I have questions about that and what that means. <sighs> Mark your calendars for Christmas kids. That's going to come <laughs> up. Um, I, I just think that I, I know you didn't watch uh, Avatar the last airbender. Um, but there, that's something that I can relate this to. Uh, when the legend of Korra came out, I feel like the first season was kind of it was pretty well recepted, but one of the biggest complaints was that they um, leaned on the Last Airbender a little too much because it was like a it was a continuation of the legend, but it was sort of a spinoff story. Um, and by the end of season two, they in the in the la- one of the last scenes of season two, the statue of Aang um, sinks into the the uh, bay, and that was kind of symbolic of like the old Avatar is gone, new tav- Avatar time. And I feel like they need to have some kind of, I think they need to have some kind of, um, they need to have some kind of old Star Wars is out. Here's, here's the new big deal. Um, I mean, and bring it, bring it back. The emperor is, could be like an incredible thing. Um, I love the thought of Darth Vader's head hanging over Kylo Ren. Uh, yeah, that's I, cool. I forget whether it was seven or eight that, um, I think it was episode eight, eight where Ray tells him never be Darth Vader. Um, 
and and that like you could tell how much that hurt him and i think that's a really great like thing um but you're absolutely right they need to stray away from the recreations of the mm-hmm. of the old movies all right derek it's time to talk about all of our listeners favorite thing in the world football oh yes, <laughs> yes. good luckily for you all we moved it to the end of the podcast that way you would at least Listen to the first 40-ish minutes of it. Um, um, so before we kind of recap Week 11, I want to start with the glaringly obvious. What started off Week 11 on Thursday Night Football was the Miles Garrett um, skirmish or brawl at the end of the Steelers-Browns game. Now, for those of you that are not aware, you can always look this up online. But basically, in a nutshell, what happened is that Miles Garrett uh, is a defensive end for the Cleveland Browns, and he tackled Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph kind of after uh, Rudolph had clearly gotten rid of the ball. It had been a few seconds, and he still tackled him to the ground. Rudolph appears to try and rip Garrett's helmet off, which Garrett does not take lightly, starts shoving him on the ground. Um, and then as Rudolph starts to get up, as they start to get up, Garrett pulls Rudolph's helmet off and then appears to um, physically move, like basically hit him over the head with his helmet and does make contact. And then a melee ensues. People got punched and curb stomped and all sorts of stuff. So and, you know, multiple people were suspended. Garrett suspended indefinitely. So it was a huge thing, huge deal. Um, but it sparked a conversation on Twitter all about like what is the and talk shows. It was this theme of what is, you know, just like a skirmish, just like a brawl, like people just arguing in like a sports game and just kind of like having a tussle or what is actual like assault it's a big conversation in hockey all the time because fighting is like not allowed but they let it happen um any one of those like players could you know press charges as soon as a game's over just because they're technically are fighting and that according to the law is like assault um but the other person would be like well you fought him too so like that mixes it out but in this case you have a player that even though he was provoked um, initially, he still tries to like beat some guy over the head with his helmet. Um, so, w- where does the line toe in sports between like assault versus like they're just kind of like they're being overly aggressive? Uh, I, I'm glad you brought up hockey because um, that's all that is always the where it goes to is how like ho- hockey is probably one of the most violent team sports in in existence. Um, in terms of like the actual nature of the game and like you said the fighting that happens but um i you watch hockey a lot more than i do but um i don't think i've ever seen a hockey fight where um it ends with one player smacking the other player upside the head with his stick um well yeah i'm sure but i mean i look at i look at this altercation and i think a skirmish i think a regular uh jawing is players that shove each other after a play or get up in each other's faces, just like talking and then like kind of kind of chest to chest and bumping each other back, but never do anything. This that happened was one, a mess. Um, I, I do think that I, I couldn't tell what happened on the ground, but it did look like Mason Rudolph was kind of like, get off of me. He initiated the shoving, which, you know, if somebody had just said like, hit me late that there wasn't a flag for, I don't think it was definitely a late hit. Um, there wasn't a flag for it, but if somebody had hit me late and he was still laying on top of me, I'd be pissed. I wanted him off of me too. Sure. As soon as miles Garrett gets up and grips his helmet, that is when that's when it changed from a football, football altercation to a legit brawl because 
at that point, you like, I mean, you should, I've shoved people playing lacrosse. It happens, man. But at that point, you're actively trying to hurt the other person. Um, one by ripping his helmet off, which I don't, you've worn a helmet when you're playing sports before. That thing is tight. That hurts when you're taking it off yourself. Imagine mm-hmm. somebody else forcefully ripping it off of you. Um, kind of throwing this in there the ref that was there made zero effort to quell this at all he was kind of saying like no stop like no um i don't remember who was i don't remember who was the uh the steelers lineman that initially grabbed garrett and started pushing him away um rudolph did lose his cool a little bit when he went after garrett to get his helmet back but like again dude took his helmet you don't sit down after that so he wants to say, hey, man, give me my helmet. And it's, when Garrett starts swinging that helmet, I – you know what, man? I, I think that is where it gets to the point of that dude could rightfully, rightfully be charged with assault. Luckily, he just – he grazed uh, Rudolph with the bottom part of the helmet. So there wasn't a whole lot of uh, point source in, in the motion and the force. Um, and Garrett seemed to like walk off like he was perfectly fine. Um, but if, if, if Miles or sorry, Rudolph did, if Miles Garrett had, was holding that helmet the other way and he struck Mason Rudolph with the crown of his head, he could have fractured his skull. He could have caused brain bleeding right there on the field. He could have killed the guy. Like, That's true. And, and this is something that, I mean, if you, if you asked me, if I was the Roger Goodell, Miles Garrett would not play another down of football in his entire life. That, and mm-hmm. I, I completely understand losing your cool and the adrenaline situation and the, like the testosterone building up. You're going to like get in little scraps. That was not a scrap. That was an attack on a def- and on a defenseless mm-hmm. person. And yes, Mason Rudolph was going after him and pushing him and everything. But when you are in full, essentially like assault armor with your helmet and pads on, and you've got a weapon where you're beating a guy with nothing on his head, that's mm-hmm dangerous you are clearly in a position of power against a person in of, of an inferior stance at the point and you're abusing that I, I i'm very thankful that mason rudolph uh that mason rudolph was not hurt i'm very thankful that he was able to walk away from the situation but i am also thankful for the lineman that dropped miles garrett to the floor and started punching him in his helmets because that's mm. what he deserved that's what he deserved. yeah I, I guess like i guess like a big thing is like you're talking about this idea of consent like where in hockey like two guys are clearly like there's clear obvious consent when two guys like beat the living daylights out of each other like they're like yeah we're both agreeing to this even though we're trying to hurt each other like we, we want to do this um and it's obvious in hockey when like people aren't consenting on the other side because it make it's ugly kind of like how it did here um and i think in this instance like mason rudolph yeah was like kind of he was kind of like getting aggressive um but i think to your point yeah miles garrett did push it to a new level um and just tried to like take the guy's head off um which is bad um but yeah i i agree with you excuse me i don't think he should play another down in the nfl obviously that's not going to happen nope but um it is what it is uh and and i I think that I think that, you know, there's people that are going to just fester on it too much, especially when these two teams play in two weeks, even though none of those players except Mason Rudolph will be playing. Um, right. So like Miles Garrett won't be playing, two other guys won't be playing. So it'll be a, a heated game for sure. Um, but maybe one that has playoff implications if Pittsburgh ends up winning this weekend. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not on. I don't know if I'm on the Pittsburgh train yet. I am starting their defense this weekend, though. Um, and uh, I Did I end up beating you this week? 
You did. You beat me by like eight points. I was about to say. Uh, I think. I think the projection at the start of yesterday's game was like eighty-seven to eighty-five. Yeah. It, yeah. I, Tyreek did not do me any favors last night. Thanks, Tyreek. Dude, I, um, I benched Lashawn McCoy. That's how like I, I didn't think he would do well at all on Monday. And thank you. Know, you know. You know. I started. Off. I started Deshaun Watson over Josh Allen, and that was a mistake. Brother. Brother. Yeah, so spe- speaking of hit or miss performances this week let's to kind of wrap things up let's let's round out week 11 of the nfl um this week i think showed us who are our contenders and who are our kind of like fakers um with the exception of a couple of teams um i I think houston just had a bad game against baltimore i don't and i think baltimore's just rolling right now there's like not many people that can stop them um so you know i think that like you know houston while they put out a terrible performance um we have to remember like they've traveled they play in a dome usually which yeah it doesn't help in playoffs, but also they're playing a red hot team that really just can't seem to lose right now. Um, and that game in particular, I, in my opinion, I know I put this in our fantasy chat, but I, uh, it definitely put Lamar Jackson in the lead for the MVP race. In my opinion, like he just looked unbelievable. It was just doing crazy things with the football. Um, he was doing things. Russell Wilson was doing years ago um, in a time where like Aaron Rodgers and like Tom Brady were going crazy, but they've seen their flaws recently. So I think, Lamar Jackson is clearly in the in the lead for the MVP race. Um, another team that I thought was interesting, um, a couple of teams, was actually with San Francisco and New England. And I think both of their games um, showed that they had uh, more weaknesses than people give them credit for. Um, so this is the, the second time in about three weeks that – or four weeks if you count their bye. Their, not their bye. But a second time in a few weeks that Arizona – a not good team has given yes. San Francisco a lot of fits um, and a lot of problems. And they almost lost that game if it weren't for a last minute interception. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not 100. I think the 49ers will make the playoffs, but I'm not. Can, not you, can you say that last line again? I can drop you. Um, I was saying that I don't think, you know, I'm not sold on San Francisco just because I think, you know, they, they almost lost that game and twice to a team that's not good. Um, but they ended up winning, so they're at nine wins. So I think they'll make the playoffs, but they're on a kind of a downward trend recently. Um, and I, I want to see when it comes to playoff time. The other team that I was surprised by was New England. Um, they played Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is like fine, but they're like not that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they oh, barely yeah. got out of they barely got out of Philadelphia with a win. Um, given Philly's a hard place to play, but. I, <laughs> New England's got some weak spots, I think. Their defense is good, but that offense just isn't clicking in the last no, couple of weeks, not. and that's that's scary for them come playoff time because they need to lean on Brady, and sometimes if their offense isn't working, it doesn't work. And then the last team that kind of like showed its finally showed its true colors was the Rams on Sunday, I think. The Rams you know, barely beat Chicago on Sunday Night Football. They didn't look good. Yeah, they got a win, but the teams that are coming out of the NFC clearly put themselves in the driver's seat this week, with the exception of Seattle, who's on a bye. But, like, you know... They're six and four, and the next teams above them are eight and three and eight and two, and like they're they're going to keep winning and keep going, and I think it's going to be impossible for the Rams to keep up. So I think the NFC like looks pretty set at this point, mm-hmm. and I think you know the, the AFC there are still some people, there's some teams that put themselves in 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 front in contention, but I think we had a lot of teams kind of show their true colors as we can say like okay, who's pretending and who's faking, and it's only going to keep showing the further we go down the line. What what did you think of this week in football? Um, you know. I- when I look at the Cardinals, the Cardinals are, I think, 3-7-1. and one. Um, I mean, effectively, let's just call it 3-8 and eight, uh, to, to further prove my point. But um, five, if we count, five out of those eight games were within one score of, of a difference. Granted, they weren't against the best teams, but when you look – but 
or no, I'm sorry, four out of the uh, four out of the uh, four out of the eight were one score. Five out of the eight were two score. Mm-hmm. And two of those games were the San Francisco 49ers, who up until this week I thought were the best team in the NFL or at NFC. Yeah. Um, I, I think Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are the one team in the NFL this year that is so infinitely better than their record. I don't yeah. know. I, th- I think get, I think the Cardinals are just actually no two teams. Cardinals have gotten a bad rap. The other being the Los Angeles Chargers, who just cannot mm-hmm. get a break because of their quarterback. Philip Rivers yes. is Philip Rivers lost in that game last night. Uh, if if you replayed that game, dude. if you replayed that game with any other, if, in my opinion, any other quarterback in the NFL on the Chargers, they would have won that game. Can't dude, Blake, dude, Blake Bortles would have won that game. Yeah, right, dude puts up like a forty yard bomb, and then the very next play throws an interception in the end zone. Like, yeah. how do you do that, man? Uh, that's. But I completely agree with you with the NFC sitting kind of where it is um, in terms of the uh, AFC. Uh, the Patriots, Tom Brady, he's having a year. I, I don't want to say it's off because an off an off year for Tom Brady is still like a record year for a lot of quarterbacks. But I. Yeah. I I haven't looked at any of the numbers, but I would not be surprised if you told me that this season was a record low for Tom Brady, like uh, in terms of QBR, in terms of uh, overall mm-hmm. completions. Like he just, I feel like I just don't hear that much about Tom Brady. Patriots are sitting at what ten and one now, and nine and one, nine and one, nine and one, and who have they beat? Like they have, I don't think they've beat any substantially like impressive teams when they well, play. Look at the, I mean. You could you could say they they beat the Bills, but are the Bills really a real seven and three team? You know, the Bills beat the Dolphins thirty seven to twenty. Like that's that's not like come on, that's not indicative of anything. That's three scores. That's three scores. <laughs> yeah, but like it's the Dolphins. How do you let the Dolphins put up twenty against you? Like oh, the Redskins. Come on. The Redskins Don't only let you... the Dolphins. The Redskins only let the Dolphins put up sixteen. And the yeah, Redskins yeah, have one of the worst overall teams, but defenses in the NFL. But the uh, NFL is a week-to-week league. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, the Cowboys showed up against the Lions as they, I mean, showed up, whatever. They beat the Lions. Um, the yeah, Browns beat the Steelers. That that was just a mess of a game that you can't really get anything behind. Um, Jets crushed you know, the think, Redskins because, of course, they did. Uh, I, it, think, I think I think that Browns loss, if I can cut you off for a second, or that Browns win, I think that hurts the Steelers big time in that oh, AFC yes. race. It like, does. that's huge. That's a game they should have won, especially with the way they were playing. But I'm sorry, continue. I mean, if, if you look at it right now, um, where, where are we looking at? Um AFC or NFC is 49ers, Packers, Saints, and Cowboys as the uh, as the division leaders with with the Seahawks and the Vikings in in the wild card spots. Not completely unchanged from last week. Uh, look at the AFC. We got the Patriots who are you know let's face it probably going to win the division. Uh, Ravens who if they don't win the division I will be a very surprised boy. Um, yeah. And then the Chiefs and the Colts who have shown me that they are I mean. Those spots are wide open for anybody to take. Um, the Steelers, if they keep winning, they could snipe a uh, they could snipe a wild card spot as long as the uh, the, the the Chiefs, if they played like they did last night, they're not going to beat a whole lot of a whole lot of teams. Um, the Colts. Can I? Yeah, go for can it. I hit, can I hit you with a hot take? Oh, dude, please piss off a lot of people. I think the Raiders are going to end up winning the AFC West. And wait, here, ah, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. They've been red hot as of late. Their remaining schedule: the Jets, the Chiefs, okay, 
that's a the way they're playing. That's a toss up because the Chiefs are vulnerable. The Titans not as good as five and five says. The Jaguars, the Chargers, who their quarterback can't win them a game to save their life, and then the Broncos. Now the Chiefs, on the other hand, are playing the Raiders, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Bears, Ooh. and the Chargers. So I think the Raiders have more winnable games out of that spread. Um, because what could come down is if the Raiders beat the Chiefs, then I think it's in their hands to win the whole division. And that would be crazy after Pat Mahomes had that season last year and the Chiefs were that good. So that's my hot take for the rest of the season is that's going to happen. I don't care what else happens. I'm pushing for the Raiders to win that division because I want to see them do something good in Oakland before um, they move to Vegas because that was a sticky situation. I I think that just proves how uh, much of a toss-up the AFC is and how set in stone, in my opinion, the NFC is. Because, uh, like you said, the only team, in my opinion, that could feasibly do the bop would be the Rams. And that's just not going to, there's no way they're out winning. They're going to, they're out winning the Seahawks or, or the Vikings in the next, uh, in the next however many weeks are left in the season. Shoot, seven weeks. Yeah. So, yes, no. Six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, yeah, ten games, yeah, six weeks. Um, has your uh, has your Super Bowl opinion changed any any since uh, last week? Uh, if any, if anything, it's stronger. I think the the Ravens, dude, the Ravens look unbelievable. Like that team can't, like their defense finally has it clicking. They finally got what's going. They stopped like a, like a top ten offense. You know, um, like Deshaun Watson, even if his offensive line is trash, is still better than what he showed us. And that's just and not because he played bad, because the Ravens played well. Um, so if you got that defense clicking with Lamar going crazy in the pocket, even out of the pocket, that's where he does even better. Um, so who did I say last week? I think I said Ravens will beat the Packers. Uh, yes, you did. Yeah, so I still I still stand by that. Um, I think the Saints are fake. They're not as good as it appears. Watch out for the Vikings, though. Careful, the Vikings. Vikings could be sleepers. I, you know, I, which is weird because, in my opinion. Um, I think it drove home uh, the other direction, um, which it won forty-one to seven I, yes, over I a team that's six and three. I see that. I understand that. I just, I don't know, man. You also, Total I, I domination. My mind goes back to two thousand seven when the Patriots seemed unstoppable. When the Patriots went into Super Bowl, what was that, uh, 40, 42? 42. 18-0. And Eli Manning, out of all quarterbacks, uh, led, the, led the charge to dethrone them. It's – when you've got Lamar Jackson, who in my opinion, as of right now, this could change in the next few years, is not as good as Brady as Brady was in his prime, which, you know – you wouldn't expect a rookie quarterback to be um, going up against Aaron Rodgers, who could literally eat Eli Manning for breakfast without any milk. Like, hey, you can't spell elite without Eli, man. You can't spell elite without <laughs> Eli. You're, you're no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of a pun. Um, it's I'm telling you, man, it's. Look, man, it's the over. It's the overall team game that wins. You. Defense wins championships, and the Packers' defense at right now is not playing as good as the Ravens' defense. I'm you know, standing by that I'm statement. Gonna, I'm gonna hit a hot take. Uh, this is probably like a. It's probably like a 17 to one odds in Vegas, and right now, probably even higher. And I'd put a dollar on it, and make a lot of money. Um, I don't see. What if the Ravens don't make it to the AFC Championship? 
Oh, I don't see that happening. I mean, okay. I didn't. You know what? I didn't see. I didn't see that Listen. happen in Dallas a couple of years ago either. Dallas always chokes in the playoffs. Come on, man. They haven't been good since the nineties. Um, I think, I don't, I don't know. I think the Ravens will make it at least to the AFC championship game. My personal opinion is they will make it to the super bowl and win it. Um, what I think would be fun. And this would be, I don't want this for me as a fan, but for football, a Ravens Seahawks super bowl would be super dope because you'd have Russell and Lamar just going crazy. I think, um, I think think the most probable super bowl, is Baltimore knowing the Seahawks defense I would have an aneurysm on site um (laughs) even though they practice against a Russian court whatever I that would stress me out but I think for the game of football it'd be fun because that's where the game is headed and kind of where we are now so I don't think Joe would allow you in our house if it was a if it was a Raven Seahawks uh, Super Bowl he's afraid he's afraid he'd lose (laughs) Um, I think he's afraid he'd smack you in the face so hard that you wouldn't be able to hear I know it'll be fine. Um, so that we'll we'll call it quits on that for week eleven of the NFL. We'll move on to week twelve. Seahawks got the Eagles this weekend. Let's go. The Redskins have themselves to beat, um, which they probably won't. Um, I think it's Buffalo, so, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see what happens. Um, we're gonna close out today just oh, like no. we do every single week. What? Detroit. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Oh yeah. Same same old story. We're going to close out this episode like we do every single one um, with our good old segment, Crisis Averted. So, Derek, is there anybody you want to send out some love to this week? Anyone specific? Anyone in a group? I don't know. Whatever Actually, you want. Yes. Um, and prepare to uh, hear the most predictable shout-out ever. Uh, oh, this, no. week, this week is um, a very important week for a, a group of my friends back at the University of Maryland. Uh, thir- this Thursday, um, this November 21st, is Day of Miracles. Uh, it is where the organization known as Turpthon is attempting to raise uh, $100,000 in 24 hours for the kids at Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. Um, so I want to shout out right now um, five very special ladies, um, Kate, Haley, Elizabeth, Brooke, and Vic, um, who will be leading the Turpthon charge into this uh this incredible, this incredible feat that they're going to tackle. Um, we'll be with you every step in the way. Uh, never fear or never, never don't hesitate to lean on anybody, especially us. Uh, cause we love you and want to see this day be the best that it can be. Oh yeah. And if you're thinking about donating, go to terpthon.org. Thanks. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, that was beautiful. Love that. Uh, well, uh, I want to send, send, I want to send some love to you for putting up with my topics for this week. Appreciate you did a good it. job. Yeah. I, was, I was caught off Blow guard, but they, they were good. That's the point. Um, uh, I also want to send some love to my training committee this week. And my teacher says it's the last week of training and it's the last week of training. The I will last ever do training is the last week of training. Not even in college anymore. No. Um, yeah, I know you're telling me, man. Um, my grad school applications are doing a week and a half. <laughs> um, so yeah, I want to send some love to all my tidgets. Previous, past, current, and previous. There it is. Um, past and present. That's what it is. Past and present. Uh, AMI training committees. Um, Sophie, Hannah, Holly, and Nat. You guys are awesome. Um, it's been a Which fun ride. Which one is ride. your favorite? Call some. Um, they're all my favorite. Shut up. Nah, you're my. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. <laughs> um, you're my favorite training committee head, Derek. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a fun ride. Um, I also want to send some love to my mom because I love Kara. We love Kara. Uh, we love Kara. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This was a whopping 15 minutes shorter than last time, <laughs> but that's still shorter. So we're making progress. 
Thank you for joining us on this journey, and we will have a crisis with you next time.